bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the fed. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't Freeway that saved me, it wasn't John Stroop that saved me, but God uses Freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our very first episode of One Broken Life, a production of Freeway Ministries. Uh, we're here to explore the unique conversations of people uh, that have come from broken lives. And so this is my wife, Sharla. My name is John Stroop. This is my beautiful wife, Sharla Stroop. You want to say hi? Hello. And so we're excited to dig deeper uh, into the lives of people who have been broken and radically changed by God's grace. Uh, that's our purpose. Um, we want to see what God can do with broken people, right? We, we, we understand that there is a, there's a drug problem. We understand that there's a, an alcohol problem. We understand that there's a crime problem. And we hear about the negative impact that drugs and alcohol and crime makes in our communities. But we don't hear about the positive impact that one radically changed drug addict can make, right? Someone who's been rescued and redeemed by the grace of God. Uh, we believe that sometimes bigger, the bigger the mess, the bigger the message. And God can use those, those stories and those people. And we've seen it over and over again uh, at Freeway Ministries. And so my name is John Stroop. I'm the director of Freeway Ministries. Uh, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Our world headquarters is in Springfield, Missouri. This is my wife, Charla. She's on staff. Uh, she oversees the women, uh, the women's housing and the women's ministry here. And the things that we're going to cover on this podcast are things that cannot be made up. Uh, they can only be produced by God. And so I thought, what better? We came up with the idea of just laying the groundwork of our ministry, uh, the ministry that we're a part of, before we begin to invite others on to explore uh, just life change and uh, just the cool stories and the things that, that that broken people have gone through and how they've been redeemed and raised up from the pit. And so uh, kind of a theme verse for me is Psalms 51, 17. The Bible says that uh, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. And I was looking earlier as I was studying my Bible just about how God's used all these broken things. And it would be a cool Bible study for anyone to do just to look through the Bible and just say, where has God used broken things? How has he used broken things in the Bible? And so I just want to lay the groundwork, uh, this first episode of Freeway Ministries, um, who we are and, 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 and what we do. And so Freeway Ministries, uh, we are a nonprofit organization um, that exists to assist the local church to reach the hard to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have two things that we do. One thing we do is we plant ministries alongside local churches, and that's our evangelism. Um, and, and, and this is like a, um, an outreach of the church that the church adapts that meets once a week. 
we have food, we have clothing, we offer transportation. And then in that meeting, uh, we have a service, a church service. And many people come through the doors of Freeway Ministries that would never shadow the doors of a church. And so we are picking up the most marginalized and outcast people that society has to offer. And many of them would never go to church, but they'll come to Freeway. And the Freeway Ministry Outreach is actually an outreach of that local church. And so we plant these alongside local churches um, to be a bridge. And so we preach the gospel. We have a worship service after dinner. And then and at the end of the night, we, we, give a, we give an invitation for people to, to respond to that conviction that God's put on their heart. We have people to pray with them and counsel them. And then at the end of the night, we say, hey, if you don't have a home church, we would like to invite you to. And we invite them to that local church. And we see, we've seen radical, I mean, just revival happen in churches through this. Um, so many neat stories have come through that. And so we had this vision to do this. I... I met a, a, a few guys in a coffee shop, um, Mike A. and Rick Lechner, and, and we all had a, a passion to see people saved. And so we, we started this ministry in 2011, um, met with Brother Eddie Bumpers of Broadway Baptist Church, and uh, we said, hey, look, the people we're after, they're going to smell bad, they're going to make your church folks nervous, and, and, um, and, and, and they may shake things up, and people may leave. And he said, my church needs to be shaken up. And so... We started with seven people on the list, and we outgrew our first building our first night. And since then, we've seen God uh, plant these ministries. We went from a ministry of a local church to a nonprofit that helps other ministries do this. And it's been today, in November will be 10 years. Uh, we've been doing freeway ministries. Um, it's been a nonprofit of its own, a 501c3, since set, set, uh, November 2012. And so uh, we have seven of these today. Um, we've expanded these outreaches um, in three different states. And so I'm just going to ask my wife that's, that's been with us from pretty much the beginning since the second service uh, when you came. And we'll kind of talk about uh, later on about our salvation stories and a little bit more in depth of our lives. But the, the first thing, I just, how would you explain uh, the outreach of Freeway Ministries, Charlotte? <clears throat> well, whenever I got there the first night, um, I just seen people that were like me <laughs> and um, just the worship service. And um, whenever you got up to preach and I um, just seen your tattoos and um, you just, you, the way you preached, um, you talked in a way that I understood and I've never been able to understand that before. And so um, I knew you came from where I came from and that helped me listen to you. Um, because I had a really hard heart coming in, so. Yeah, and you stalked me a little bit. We'll <laughs> talk about your stalking Whatever. later, but um, true story. You know, when you walk into Freeway Ministries, one of the things that's amazing to me is that there is a mixture in the crowd. And so, you know, one of the biggest issues with the recovery ministry is the separation between the recovery world and the church. And that's something that I really want to address uh, through these episodes um, as we explore the broken lives and not just people that come from, you know, drugs and crime, these radical, like Saul of Tarsus testimonies, but people who serve at Freeway yeah. who've never seen drugs, wouldn't know meth from a, from a, from a, a rock that they found in, in fantastic caverns in Springfield, Missouri. You know, they, they just don't get it, but, but, the, but it's a mixture. And so the way I like to describe our outreach is, 
is that um, you know you've got the lawyer and you got the doctor and you got the drug addict and you got the homeless person who just came from under a bridge and you got all these different people together in one place uh, worshiping the Lord you know you've got you've got um, the guy who's got you know mental issues talking to himself over here and then you got the guy who is actually you know a lawyer who rides the bus to pick homeless people up the big bus that goes to the hardest parts of the city you know with the guy who is the 10th degree black belt taekwondo instructor from the west side who ride together on that bus you know and they're all together in one place and so you know my 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 uh my idea of the crowd at freeway when you walk in um, is is just people who are tired of playing church, people who want something real, yeah. and people who think they have no value in the local church. Just putting, you know, the Book of Acts. Uh, people who realize you don't have to have a passport to be a missionary; that you could be a mission missional in your own backyard. Yeah. Uh, and so, the crowd at Freeway is is just to me one of the biggest things. You can't explain it. I can't uh, manufacture it with words, but it's phenomenal. And it's exciting, and I would rather be nowhere else in the world than at Freeway Ministries personally. Um, and so we'll kind of talk through a few things. I, another, another talking point is the people who serve at Freeway. So when you walk into Freeway Ministries, uh, let's talk just about the people who serve the different areas. What, how would you put that if you could describe that to someone? Um, I probably describe that as um, church members who have been just playing church and sitting on a bench and not doing anything, wanting to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And so they come and they cook or they hand out meals or they work in childcare or they're a security officer or they're singing on the praise team. They just want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And, and they come to freeway and they serve and serving makes them happy and they have joy in that serving. And so it sets them on fire and puts a revival in their heart on top of it. Yeah. So we, we, uh, I just kind of talked through the different areas of service this why we're while we're chatting but you know one of the things that i think is really neat we did here at the headquarters building was we built we built boxes uh out of plywood for homeless people's stuff and so you know you have homeless people that come and they have backpacks and it's like their rv you know it's it's everything they own in that what they carry and so we actually built this for them and we have a ticket system and we have our security person give them a ticket and we take it the other tick half of the ticket and then we put their stuff there and we watch it for them so they can go and worship you know uh the security the security at freeway they're all ex most of them are ex-convicts ex-addicts who have been saved and redeemed and they are some of the best security workers there are i mean you know and i'm going to say this is going to scare somebody away from coming here but there's an ambulance or a police car here every Saturday. Every single Saturday night, there's an ambulance or, or a police car here. But you don't know it from the pulpit because you don't see it. They're so good at what they do. But uh, I don't know of any church where they've, you know, they've had to uh, uh, chase cross-dressers out of the child care or you know, men out of the women's bathroom who, you know, different situations I, you know, that have happened here. 
Um, I've, I, you know, people come in who think they are Bruce Lee's cousin okay. who, uh, you know, are on the front row. And when they dance, they're actually doing karate moves towards the stage. And, you know, little kids from the inner city who, who uh, want to fight the grownups, you know, as our bus mm-hmm. ministry and stuff. And, then, and they do so well at that. And then you've got the, the churches that come and cook the home-cooked meals. And you've got these little old ladies that have been grown up in church their whole lives. And they're in their, their senior saints and they make homemade desserts and they bring them every Saturday night and serve them to our people and the different churches that come to cook the meals and, and, and serve our people. Um, the van ministry, they, that we call them the chariots. They're going out and picking people up and bringing them here and, and, and you know, the different worship teams from different churches. And so the ushers, you know, who serve um, our child care team, it's just our media team, right? And mm-hmm. as we develop, we have an iFit team, uh, the, I, the iFit welcome team, who, whose hand stands on the street and they hold signs up. Many of them used to hold signs up begging, right? Mm-hmm. But now they hold signs up welcoming people to turn into the parking lot. Um, and we're going to talk about our men's and women's homes, but part of living in the men's discipleship or the women's discipleship house is that you have to serve. You get to serve. And so you've got people who are ex-car thieves that are now um, driving church vans, you know, who were getaway drivers, and now they're they're picking people up for the Lord. And I think one of the unique things is that people who never thought that they could ever be used by God are being used by God, and uh, it gets them excited. Yeah, you know, when you come in and you see that, so yeah. uh, it's exciting. So we the, our outreach is. I think we've kind of laid the foundation you know we planted these these outreaches um in different uh communities uh we'll we'll talk a little bit about that here in a little bit but um uh, so so the foundation of the outreach of what it is kind of uh the groundwork there and then the housing ministry you want to kind of explain our housing ministry to the people who are listening yeah so our housing ministry for men and women um it's um, very disciplined a very structured um they come in and they are busy every night of the week except for one. You know, we have Bible studies, we have seasons classes, they have to go to church or they'll get kicked out. They have to get up and read their Bible 30 minutes every morning. Um, they have to get out and find a job, uh, put in at least five job applications a day. Um, we just um, work with them on. Um, just how they used to live and breaking those cycles, um, attitudes and behaviors and things like that. Um, just being able to walk through life with them and teaching them. Yeah. So, um, just piggybacking on what she said, uh, we are, you know, our, our housing ministry is one year long live in discipleship program. Uh, one of the things that is unique about our ministry is we're not a halfway house because God doesn't do anything halfway. We are a one-year-long discipleship program. Uh, we are not a bubble. We are not a controlled environment where people, you know, don't go look for work. They don't have their own money. They earn their paychecks. We don't have them beg in front of the Walmart for money or anything. We, you know, they go and they earn their money. They work hard, um, and they have classes in the evenings. And we're 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 addressing more than than an addiction Mm -hmm. because addiction isn't the problem addiction is what you see so we get to the problem which is underneath that addiction um you know i believe what statistics say is that you stop maturing when you start getting high and using drugs 
and a lot of people are just 30 year olds with a nine-year-old mentality and um and so we address behavior and we the bible says this the bible says if you correct a fool hate you for it but if you correct a wise man he'll be even wiser and so what do we do we we correct behavior and we mentor and we teach people how to live and so one of the most one of the coolest things that we've just developed a couple years ago is our season classes. Charlotte mentioned that. But basically what it is is in the evening our houses come together, and there's probably 50 men and women uh, in and out of the house that are involved in this this class. They come from uh, three, four different uh, cities surrounding Springfield on Thursday night. We have a dinner for them, and we teach them stewardship because I didn't even know what a budget was growing up. That word was never used in my house. So we teach them how to manage their time, their talent, their treasure. And then they go through that for 13 weeks of the year. And that's season one. And season two, they go through overcoming the past. We teach them how to overcome the things we came up with that we felt held people back from our people group, which is guilt, you know, forgiveness, uh, toxic worldviews, unhealthy loyalties, relationships, immaturity, um, you know, these different things that people struggle with. And so and then the... The third season, which is now there are 16 weeks in, would be relationship classes because the number one cause for relapse is what? Relationships. Relationships. And so we teach them how to have healthy relationships. So we teach them marriage, parenting, dating. And so the last season, which is the last, the fourth season, which means they got 13 weeks left before they graduate, we, we have an exit strategy class. And so, um, you know, that's been a game changer for us, helping our people adjust and they get that one-on-one mentoring they're a member of a local church they have an area to serve so they're learning how to live an obedient christian life and so when they graduate they just keep doing what they've done so i'm proud to say that our success rate for our graduates is 95 percent around 95 percent of those who graduate don't go back to drugs or crime right yeah because sobriety isn't the six sobriety isn't success sobriety is a part of success but but being a fully obedient follower of Christ and discipleship is success for us. Yes. And so we have lots of stories uh, through that that we can cover. And so I'm going to skip number two on our questions today because of time. But um, so as we talk about this, the housing ministry, uh, I want to just, as we begin to kind of crack open the egg here and, and explore underneath the shell, um, the idea of helping other churches do what we do. Uh, let's talk about bridging the gap for a minute. How we bridge the gap between the church world and the recovery world and the recovery community. Um, why don't you kind of explain your view on that? Well, for me personally, um, I think that, you know, when you come to Freeway and you get saved um, and there's a life change that happens inside of you and then you guys invite, you know, to a local church and then they get to the local church and um, they have a Sunday school class that they can go to and it helps integrate them into the local church. And then um, just the people that come around them from the local church, you know, mentoring them, uh, men and women who have, you know, been to church their whole lives, um, accepting them. And so... I think that it has a huge impact, you know, on people feeling welcome and um, feeling um, like they belong there instead of people shunning them and, um, you know, being hypocritical. Because I always thought church members were hypocrites. <laughs> you know, they are. They, well, we all are, right? Yeah. But I never wanted to step into a local church because of it, you know, um, growing up. So, um, 
are just the integration and feeling mm-hmm. like they belong. Yeah, and it's exciting. You know, uh, when we first started Freeway at Broadway Baptist Church, um, you know, I drove a purple van with golden letters on it that said Ozark Assemblies of God, and I would roll in there with, you know, stuff full of homeless people. And, it, you know, I was driving it like I was a bass fisherman with the trophy catch, you know what I mean? I was proud to have all those people illegally crammed in my van <laughs> with my son who was three years old in the car, four years old in the car seat, you know, sitting there in the middle of everybody. And, and uh, you know, the look driving into a conservative Southern Baptist church with a purple van that says Ozark Assemblies of God on gold letters with a bunch of homeless people, and, you know, quite a deal, you know, doing that and, and seeing that reactions of those people. Um, you know, and I didn't even realize that we were doing anything special. I didn't realize that we were, you know, it was it was radical at the time. It was just normal for us. And so uh, seeing people join the church, you know, uh, going from having people be addressed because they had a hat on in the church. You know, Cro- Crossway Baptist Church is my home church, and I love my church. I love my pastor. But, we, you know, it was, it was Broadway, and now it's Crossway now, and I wouldn't rather be anywhere else. I mean, that's my home church, and I got my pastors back. But we had to make an adjustment. Right. There had to be an adjustment there because eventually, you know what? They stopped saying, take your hat off. Yeah. They, you know, they eventually things begin to change and Mm -hmm. the baptismal waters begin to stir a little more. You know, homeless people joining the choir and Mm -hmm. and just learning through that. If you read the Bible uh, and I turned I turned my Bible to Acts chapter two just for a minute. I want to read this verse to you if I can find it. Uh, And this is Acts chapter two, verse forty two. But it says they continue steadfastly. This is the early church. And what's what's uh, what's interesting, and it's kind of like in Acts, Luke is saying the good old days. This is how it used to be. And this scripture is one of the scriptures that made me want to join a church when I got out of prison. This scripture is one of the scriptures that made me want to be a part of something bigger than myself because I thought, man, these people love each other. I want to be like that. I want to be with them. I can't wait to meet these people. And so Acts chapter 2 Verse 42, it says, And they continued the church steadily, steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread, and prayer. And then it says this, um, The fear of the Lord came on every soul, and and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And then if you look in Acts chapter 4, it talks again um, about this church and it says in acts chapter 4 verse 32 now the multitudes of those who were believed were one heart one soul neither did anyone anyone say that anything of anything any of the things that he possessed was his own but they had all things in common right now look at this and it says in verse 33 and there was great power and the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the lord jesus christ and guess what happened great grace was upon them the bible says god had favor on them in verse 34 it says nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessed lands or, or houses sold them and brought them to the, the processes to those who were that of those who were things that were sold and they laid them at the apostles feet and they distributed to anyone who had a need. And so I thought, you know, this is what we do, right? We have meetings in our homes. We meet weekly, not just one time, but we go house to house. We're family, you know, and, and when that started really happening and the church started being radically changed, you know, you, we seen revival happen uh, in, in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it happened in such a way that we realized that 
we needed to do this with other churches. You know, we needed to help other churches get this concept of bridging the gap into this community, in the community and in, in this people group, because there's not a city and a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem, right? right. And the answer is the gospel. Right. It's Jesus. It's, it's the cross. It's the resurrection. It's repentance. And so, uh, and so, the, yeah, so we begin to see that, that life change. And so let's just, let's just kind of talk about our houses, um, our discipleship program, um, the homes, uh, how we do it. And then, and then after we lay the groundwork, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll, we'll go into our next episode, just kind of talking about our testimonies and, uh, and how our lives, our freeway stories have collided. And so where is freeway housing today? Do you want to kind of explain that? Where, where are we, where are we? How many houses do we have? What cities are we in? Um, and such. All right. So here in Springfield, Missouri, we have two for men. We have one for women. Um, we have Ashgrove, Missouri, and we have Marshfield, Missouri. We also have uh, a new one in South uh, Springfield, Nixa area, and we have Omaha, Nebraska, where they have a men's and a women's housing, and um, Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, and so uh, one of the founders, Rick Lechner, and his wife, Sherry, uh, they went to Omaha, I would say, seven years ago almost. And so they've been down there killing it. Uh, they have a men's and a women's house there. And then we have Ike Porter, who uh, started Freeway Ashgrove, Missouri. And uh, he's they're killing it. they got a house there and a second-stage home right now for graduates they're building. Uh, Josh Zuniga, who came from Freeway, he was a convert. He got saved at Freeway. And Got him out of an ICU unit, um, interviewed him with tubes up his nose, and, and he's a Bible school, Bible college graduate who launched Freeway Nixa, and now he's, we call it Freeway South. He doesn't like it when I say Freeway <laughs> Nixa. He's South, South Freeway. Um, anyways, he, he's, they, they have their home open now, and they've got some guys in there. Uh, Marshfield, we have one of our guys that came through the ministry there, and uh, he oversees Marshfield Freeway and in uh, the home there as well. And then Cape Town, South Africa with Greg Craig, right? Our missionary yeah. there has been about five or six years he's been there. And Cape Town in the Western Retreat area, reaching a very rough, I mean, rough area, dangerous area. He's, he's, uh, would love to have him on here and talk I sometime. It would be great, wouldn't it? it? Would. And so, uh, yeah, so we have our houses in our different areas, Omaha, Cape Town, um, uh, Omaha, Cape Town, Springfield, Marshfield, Ashgrove, South Springfield. Um, and so it's just been pheno a phenomenal ride. Um, I'm so excited just to, to share the different stories of life change and the different people who have come and been impacted yeah. through the ministry, people who, who, uh, who don't have a, a, a drug addict history or a criminal background but, but have just been, you know, uh, bored Right. They come, their, their Christian life has been a little boring yeah. or they've been in church and they just see the false, some of the church experiences just, you know, get up, stand down, shake hands, see you later, dust the Bible off on Sunday yeah. and they want something real. And so they come and right. be a part. So this has been good. Uh, I'm excited to explore uh, broken lives. Uh, thank you for sitting with me, even though you're my wife and, and, uh, but I'm glad you came on to help me today. So we'll be back uh, next episode. Uh, One Broken Life, thank you. Thank you.